that's what you visualize. You go beyond to the end result or beyond. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley, here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live this week. My answers to fellow adventurers' questions about life, dreams, and happiness. And each one took 5, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, happy Monday. Thoughts become things. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Thanks for all the great, great questions you post. Today's question, how to visualize not doing something that's harmful. Now, this is, this is that old conundrum, how to visualize the opposite of where you're at. No matter what it is you want, whether it's medical, um, violent, an addiction, a bigger car, a different partner, um, you're faced with circumstances that are the opposite of what you want. And it seems impossible, but through our free will, we have pattern interrupt opportunities. And I've got seven tips for you uh, on exactly how to do this. But first, let me relay. I know how this is so well. Uh, I used to be a smoker, cigarettes, good many years ago. And, and it took about five years of my 15 years of smoking to finally quit. And how do you visualize being a non-smoker? Anybody who's dealt with any kind of an addiction, this applies to you. Um, how not to get fired, okay? You're on the cutting block. Uh, everyone views you as the office pariah. Hey, that was me, uh, oh, so many decades ago. And, and how do you visualize being a good employee when you obviously suck at what you do? Because you don't know what good people, good professionals do, or you wouldn't be a bad professional. Um, getting over a relationship takes weeks, months, years, a lifetime that those thoughts are eating away at you. How do you break the pattern? How do you think of yourself not thinking of those thoughts or any other annoying thoughts that are just chewing you uh, alive sleeping at night? Let me, let me give you the specific question. Mike, uh, I suffer from dermatillomania, which is compulsive picking at oneself. Mine is chron chronically picking at my scalp. I know it's gross. I desperately, the questioner said that, <laughs> I desperately want to stop, but I don't know how to visualize not doing it. All right, so here we go. Number one, you don't visualize not doing it. You don't even visualize, visualize yourself emerging from the condition. You don't visualize yourself hanging out at a singles bar if lack and loneliness is staring in you, you in your face and you're out there in this halfway measure. You go beyond. In any and all manifestations, the shortest, quickest way to get there is to know you have already arrived. At least for four or five minutes a day, even when your four or five minutes are infested with negativity and fear and picking. Go beyond. So you close your eyes and you imagine yourself at some point in the future, maybe it's imminent, maybe it's um, a year in the future and, and you're living your life, you're busy, you're emptying the car, you're going somewhere, you're with some friends 
And you think to yourself while you're visualizing the thinking you that you're imagining is like, oh my gosh, I used to have that issue, you know, the, the dermatological melomania thing where I used to pick or think about my ex or smoke cigarettes or, and that, I don't even know when's the last time I thought about that. I thought I'd never get out of that. Oh my, so you're visualizing yourself in the future, imagining that you're like, oh my gosh, I got a life. I got things to do. I mean, maybe I scratch here and there. So does everybody cut yourself some slack. But oh my, it's no way, it's not at all what it used to be. That's what you visualize. You go beyond to the end result or beyond doing something else in your life. You're vacationing somewhere. You're at the beach and you're like, I haven't scratched my head and I don't know when. It's been forever. I don't have that thing to deal with anymore. Go beyond is number one. Number two, get rational. I know we can go deep into getting spiritual and the acupuncture and the aromatherapy and the spa treatments and, and those are good and they have their place. But sometimes the thinking, logical, rational mind, when you're facing um, an irrational behavior or an, an irrational fear, like my former fear of flying, just get logical. It's like, come on, this is not who I am. I'm a gladiator of love and light. I'm a joyful otter of the universe. I'm here to play and have fun and be with friends and explore and wonder. That's who I really am. This is, this is some little game. This is a game I'm playing with myself. Ooh, I've got a scratch right here. Oh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, uh. And you play this game. Oh, oh it feels so good. And, 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 or you have the cigarette or something else. And it's like, oh, you're indulging in those thoughts. And you're having that argument for the 7,000th time with that same person. You're playing a game with yourself. And you're getting in there and you're finding some kind of benefit is coming from it. It's taking you away from something else. Um, it's um, stopping you from having to take initiative in your life. Um, it, it's letting you blame yourself. It's giving you reason not to like yourself. You're playing a game. You are the thunder. You are the light. You are the love. You're here to go. So go, get out, get logical, get rational. R remind yourself that it's temporary. This silly little thing, this little game I'm playing right now, it's temporary. Not that you're not going to be doing stuff to offset it, go beyond it. I've got more points coming, but it's temporary. This is not who you really are. It's a little step on the path. You're more than the step. You're more than the dang path. Go do stuff. This is point number three. Go do other things. You're here as God Almighty to explore form and to indulge all of your senses. So go do that. Go do that. Get out there. I know that there are psychological studies pertaining to breaking a habit in particular, like this instance. If you can distract yourself from that cigarette or that argument in your mind or that scratch for like one minute, the next minute is going to be 90% easier. I just made up the 90% easier. I don't know how much easier it's going to be. If you can beat that one minute and distract yourself, I know from my cigarette addiction, you know, if, and somebody shared this with me, um, if you can hide your cigarettes in the house, now you can't go hide your head, but if you can go hide your cigarettes so that when you really want one, it takes more than a minute to remember where you put them this time. 
in that minute, your mind is going to go and it's going to, the desire is going to be less and less and less. Plus you're going to have willpower. Plus you're going to do your best. Don't just rely on willpower. Just get all of these seven steps that I'm sharing with you in on the game. Part of which is distraction. Go do something else. Go for a walk. Go read a book. Go turn on a TV show. Go call a friend. If you can beat that first minute Oh my gosh. And I know from my own scratches, you know, lying in bed with my wife at night, you know, and we're, we're close to each other and I don't want to scratch my face again, but I got to scratch it. And it's like, oh, it's so annoying. If I can wait one minute, it goes away. And I know it seems impossible, perhaps particularly in, to your degree of this affliction right now, but distract, distract. It, it will be your new best friend. Number four, lightly self-reflect. Like, what am I avoiding? What am I accomplishing? You know, what is this making possible? What, what is this helping me keep at bay by this compulsion or whatever it else you're doing? Do some self-reflecting. Do some journaling. Write it down on a piece of paper. Like, why am I doing this? I've got better things to do. Um, what is bothering me? What does this represent? What is this symbolic of? What is this avoiding? What am I avoiding? Don't overdo it. You don't want to reinforce it, but there's no harm in doing some self-reflecting. There's no harm in getting professional help. There's no harm in doing these things which simultaneously reinforce the problem, but the intention beneath it to find a solution, to uncover the cause, will, will that intention alone will bring you closer to salvation. So lightly self-reflect, and I already mentioned number five, maybe, maybe seek medical assistance. If it's threatening your livelihood or your sanity or your health, of course, always play both ends to the middle. You know, seek the professionals and do the woo-woo, okay? The professionals and the Mike Dooley, the visualization, the demonstrations, the acts of faith, going beyond, the distracting. Number six, go easy on yourself. Okay, this is real. This is something that you're dealing with and it's got a gift in it for you. And you're not going to get there by loathing yourself, beating yourself up, being angry. I, I, I salute you for asking this question. Uh, so you're you, just that underwriting will to say, this is solvable. Maybe you have an idea for me. That's a powerful step in the right direction. Seeking help, being gentle. Don't, this is not who you are. This is a funny little half step where you're playing a game with yourself. And uh, not to belittle it, I realize this is a serious affliction, but, but no, it's not. You are the eyes and the ears of the divine come alive in the dream of life. And while every moment is precious and important, uh, don't give this so much power, which doesn't mean don't go see medical help, but don't think that this is some man-eating beast that you're vulnerable to. You're not vulnerable. You're Teflon. You're bigger than this. You're so awesome. So go easy on yourself and give it time. You know, whether it's a broken heart or an, um, a habit or an addiction or a thought pattern, give yourself time. I can remember some of the most difficult things that I ever got through were broken, was a broken heart. And uh, it was a long time <laughs> before it passed, but it passed. It's so past. I was like, oh my gosh. And then your learning curve gets quicker each and every time. The gifts that you're receiving right now, because you're beating this and you're getting get past it, will serve you in ways unimaginable in the future. 
that this has shown up or that any addiction or any affliction shows up in your life, it is a golden key to happily ever after. It's not some random thing that befell you because you're not good enough, smart enough, perfect enough. It's a divinely gift-wrapped present. And by, by addressing it, acknowledging it, and doing all of these other things, distracting and going beyond, you have so got this made. Oh, another, an act of faith. This is in addition to my list here. It is imagine yourself helping others with similar kind of issues. Maybe join a support group right now and share what works for you because you got this. And imagine yourself a year from now, maybe joining a support group as a leader, as a survivor, as somebody who has been through it and come out on the other side, grateful for the experience. You'll tell them it's temporary. You'll tell them that they're more than this. You'll tell them that distraction works miracles. You'll tell them by getting out into their life and doing other things, there won't be time to pick and scratch and huff and puff on your cigarette. And number seven, celebrate every success. Not that you want to be overly mindful of it, but you know, if all of a sudden you made it through 20 minutes or, or 20 hours or 20 days, I mean, dang it. You went from a place of where you felt you had no control to a place of control. And if there was a relapse, I mean, it's nothing. It's a blip. I had so many relapses when I was trying to quit cigarettes that, that I felt mortally flawed. Like it's never going to happen for me. And I would justify it. Well, I really like it. You know, it's, it gives me peace of mind. And, you know, you play all these games with yourself. Um, and in spite of the relapses, pff, haven't had a cigarette in, God, I don't know, a couple of decades. So uh, you will be there too and you will help other people. And again, this applies to so many things in our lives that we don't even see as afflictions. Just loopy thought patterns, uh, and including wanting to manifest, which is not that which is not in your life right now, having to go beyond, having to create that picture, having to make believe, having to demonstrate, having to help other people as if you were um, completely healed and you will be completely healed. Jumbo fellow adventurers, welcome to another spiritual tune-up for Infinite Possibility members. Kudos, thanks for all the great questions. Today is one of your questions. Um, Mike, in your book, A Beginner's Guide to the Universe, one of my favorite books of the 17 I've written, you write, the more you push yourself into areas of discomfort, gently, just a bit from time to time, the more comfortable you'll become in those areas. The opposite is also true. But Mike, if I push myself into areas of comfort, the more uncomfortable I'll become? Hmm, that doesn't seem right. Please explain the pros and the cons of comfort and discomfort. First of all, thanks for mentioning my book. Uh, this is a book I wrote with my daughter in mind, but for any one wondering about the nature of reality. This book, A Beginner's Guide to the Universe, um, is my attempt to put the content, the best content of my other 16 books and 3,000 notes from the universe into one. Because it'll probably be the only one my daughter reads because it was dedicated to her. Family members do not read your books. So I'm really proud of this book and I really like this point. But let me clarify, as I have shared in the past, when one tries to 
address truth with words. Words are so incredibly slippery and feeble, almost pathetic compared to what we're able to understand in our soul and in our heart. But words are the best we have in time and space. And so these little single file words, one after the other, try to paint a picture. And they, we, we do a great, great job, okay? We can almost get everything done, but it's a slippery slope. So I'm gonna point out some of the, the uh, perhaps unexpected connotations of that passage in the book that you quoted um, and, and recognize that, yeah, I can see how that might be uh, a bit jarring. First, let's talk about discomfort and then we'll better understand comfort. And this is not gonna take long. Discomfort. The kind of discomfort I'm talking about is when you are on a happy path, when you are looking to grow and expand, when you are out there in the world and all of a sudden it's a little bit uncomfortable. Oh man, that showed up on your path to happiness. Even if you were depressed or bummed out or uncertain on the dusty dirt road, this is meaningful and it is a red flag to uh, kind of a leg up. Hey, if you want to get to the fruit, you know, you're going to have to climb the tree and the tree is a little bit uncomfortable. But man, when you learn how to climb a tree, you have fruit galore for the rest of your life. So I really encourage you to face that discomfort one time and learn to climb the tree. We're not talking about just random discomfort. Put your finger uh, in a candle. I mean, that's not leading you to happiness. You don't have any desire to go do that. I'm talking about discomfort that shows up on the path of life. It shows up for a reason and very often it's to be faced. Some really quick examples. You know, fear. Anytime fear shows up, it means you're on the right path. Okay. Now, as you're living your life, okay, so that always goes without saying that you got the whole game moving forward, even if in doubt, even self-loathing, even with uncertainty and coronavirus and all that stuff. Fear. Face the fear and you'll find out that it was hiding a friend all along. How many of us really liked school back in the day if you're not in school right now? You know, it's like you know, a discomfort. But kick butt and you never have to go back uh, working, particularly your first job. Face that stuff and then you're going to find out that it's a uh, a resource for friends, where you discover your gifts, where you can interact and be creative. There's office parties, Christmas parties, birthday parties, and free pens, right? So you go face the discomfort of working. My own experience, I shared it the other day, of being terrified of flying for 10 years in my life. Oh my gosh. But I wanted to go places. I was living my life. And when this thing showed up, I knew it was irrational and I kicked its booty. Took 10 years, but I got over my fear of flying. And then it's professional speaking, okay? I, I never wanted to speak. I hate speaking in public. Well, I used to hate speaking in public because I never did it, but I had something to say. And so I faced that discomfort and it took another decade, but it became my comfort zone and really enjoyable. And it made so much of my life possible. I met my wife speaking in Mexico. I've flown all over the world from Moscow to Istanbul to uh, Sydney. And it's like all because of speaking. And if I had copped out early and not faced that discomfort when I was on my path to career fulfillment, I don't have to go do that. The universe loves me. I, I, I would have short circuited and not opened one of the most amazing gifts of my entire life. You moving into 
discomfort as I've just spoken of is how you expand. It's how you grow. It's almost the only way because any discomfort on your path is revealing confusion in your own mind about the splendor of reality. Okay, If you're just moving toward comfort, and I'm going to talk about that right now, and if all it was is comfort, you would not be pressed to reevaluate your premise about the nature of reality. Now, here's where I totally understand uh, that there are many teachers out there. I think Abraham, I hear a lot of Abraham from friends and family. Um, you know, just do what feels good. Just do what feels good. Just do what feels good. I totally get that. And, and let me add, just do what feels good. I know when you go do just what, just go do what feels good and you're being authentic and real and you're allowing your mind to wonder, you're going to hit quicksand. You're going to go to the slippery slope. I guarantee you there will be lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, this is the design. You go out, you're filled with the dream, you're skipping and dancing and they, they start showing up out of the woodwork. This is what your comfort zone and this is what happiness will do for you because you have enough happiness following a path of comfort that it will keep you going through fear and through intimidation and get the degree and get the dang job and sit on that stupid airplane so you can go to Kathmandu. That's what comfort's going to do to you. It's going to take you into your fears, into the storm. And I'm sure Abraham and others know that. Uh, it's kind of the secret, kind of the, the secret secret. It's the trick. Okay. Go be happy. Just go be happy. That's never meant to, to be, um, don't challenge yourself, uh, avoid anything that's difficult. Uh, don't do, you know, it's never meant to be that. Okay. So this is the behind the scenes scoop about, you know, go be happy. And I know it seems like I'm saying if you have too much comfort, you will meet with discomfort and, and the slippery slope of words is making it uh, hard to understand. But, but like I just said, if you avoid challenges uh, and you just look for comfort, you know, one day you're going to end up on the sofa in front of the TV for 18 waking hours of the day. And you're going you're, you're gonna to be sick and unhealthy and miserable. And you're going to be like, now how was it I was supposed to follow the joy and be happy? Follow the joy. Be happy. Be in comfort. And that's going to lead you to your misunderstandings about public speaking, about your vulnerability when getting on an airplane, about uh, going to a new arena and having to be of service for an hourly rate. And all of a sudden the world will bloom and you will expand. Jumbo fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, thoughts become things. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Thanks for the awesome questions you're sending me. I have to tell you, and this is a suggestion for you, when I get some of your great questions, I don't know where I'm going to go or what the answer even is, especially today. I have ideas, but rarely do my ideas in the beginning match what comes out. And, and I hope you like what's coming out. I usually do. I learn from answering my own questions and you can learn from answering your own questions. It is astounding. We ask a question and in the asking that presupposes that the answer exists and there is always an answer. Okay. There's always a truth. So let's do a deep dive here and see what's going on. Mike, knowing versus believing, what can we do to help move the needle 
from intellectually knowing and believing in everything we're discussing to embodying it and knowing it in our heart, body, and soul. What's the difference between knowing something and believing something? And how do we move from knowing to believing? Okay, uh, this surprised me what came out. And, and let me give you an example. This is on my radar right now all the time. I just turned 61. Thank you for the birthday wishes. And you know, uh, this aging thing is, is, you know, I'd rather not. I'd rather not. Okay. And, uh, and I know that aging is a belief. I mean, whether it's deep channeled material or biblical stuff, speaking of people who lived for centuries, I know that as a spiritual being of light, if we want, and you don't have to want to, you can extend your life. You can regenerate. You do not have to decay and fall apart. And, and I know that the answer is to get to that place of believing, of stepping into it, of not buying into the paradigm uh, that the world agrees in that, you know, this is our lot in life. It is not. It does not have to be. And, and just look at the different aging and different folks for a hint uh, at the fact that it's, it, it is a relative thing. It truly is. We're all wisps of light. So I'm thinking about how do I stop paying that ticket price that, that I believe in all this junk and start living at another level. Start, one might say, believing at another level. So this has great relevance for me and as it, as it does for everyone. Because if there's anything you want, and that's every single one of you watching this, you can get there by embodying it and seeing it already done, moving from knowing to believing and more, which is about to come up. Okay, so as I shared yesterday, words slip when applied to truth. Okay, it's always a slippery slope. They're linear, one follows the other, when sometimes ideas are far more expansive, truths are far more expansive than little words can manage. But yet we do our best and we get a lot accomplished and I think we're going to find some traction on this answer as well. Knowing that one person's idea of what a belief is is going to be somebody else's idea of what um, faith is or, or the like. Get what I'm saying? So with some contemplation, here's something I got that kind of surprised me. I'm going to submit to you, the jury, that knowing and believing are of the same ilk. They're basically the same thing. Now, I know to make certain points, awesome authors, famous authors, Ramtha, Mike Dooley, will talk about, you know, forget knowing, go to believing, or, or forget faith, go to knowing. And, uh, but in thinking about this, they're one and the same, although I think for those well-versed in English, knowing is a little bit closer to hoping, where believing is a little bit more bedrock. But yet, they measure the same exact conviction on the same exact scale, and they're just perhaps at different points in the trajectory. Uh, the greater the degree of a knowing or a believing, okay, the greater the degree of a knowing or believing, the more it stimulates your wandering mind, the more it allows thoughts of their likeness, the more you shut down and block out anything contradictory to your knowing or your believing. This is how and why beliefs and or knowing is so fundamentally powerful in your life. 
What you allow yourself to know and or believe attracts the thoughts and the visualizations you will entertain that brings about the manifestations in the reality that you will live in. So believing, which is usually the bedrock one, is so powerful because thoughts become things. But knowing is just a breath away from believing. They are one and the same. The greater the degree you have of either one, the more your power is. But the plot is about to thicken. I want to, I want to suggest kind of as a sideline um, thought here uh, that it almost doesn't matter what your knowing is or your beliefs. Because within them, unless it's, you know, against yourself, there's room for happiness. And no matter what it is you know or believe, a body of evidence will appear. You can believe that the earth is flat. You can believe that the earth is flat, that COVID is a conspiracy, that vaccines are a conspiracy, and you will find evidence and then it's up to you to navigate your life and your choices and to find happiness behind the bars of your beliefs. No matter what your beliefs are, they're creating some kind of limitation. To think is to limit. To believe is to limit. And this is going to get a little bit deeper in a minute. So it, it almost doesn't matter. We build these cages. They're made of sparkling 24 karat gold or they're rusty tin barbed wire and ugly. But we get to move around within them and we still find our people. We still find our, 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 our place to set our coffee. We still find room for happiness. Even if you think the world is flat. Even if you don't believe in electricity. Even if you... Uh, you know, think you're going to age and you are aging. There's still a lot of infinite possibilities. That's a lot of infinite um, for you to find your space in. And one of the things I got is it matters very little. At the end of the day, it's going to be your thoughts that become things. And you're going to put them in this cage and your thoughts will still become things. You'll just be limiting and regulating, directing and channeling what you're allowed to think. But let's, just, let's go to where the plot thickens. All right. So you got knowing. And then a breath away, you got believing. What else is there? If I had three arms, I would tell you it's up here. It's truth. Knowing, believing, truth. There is a truth in all things. Knowing, believing, and truth. And truth is absolute. There is a truth about the curvature of the earth. There is a truth about what happens to the physical body in certain environments, depending on your beliefs. There is a truth about COVID. There is a truth about vaccine. There is a truth. But it doesn't matter. It, it does not matter unless your ideas of knowing and belief are, are, are attacking yourself or allowing yourself to age when you don't want to age. There's still latitude for joy, friends, laughter. It doesn't matter if you believe God lives in a tree or on a mountain or doesn't exist or does exist or has a lot of angels and a lot of fairies and elementals. There's still infinite room for you to find joy. But here's the gig. There are but a very, very few truths that will make all the difference in your life. 
They're, they Almost none of them matter. You can find a stage upon all of them. But there are four. I used to say five, but they, they, they blend together. There are five truths that will make all the difference in one's life and the ease with which they live it. We are one. Believe it or not. You could believe. No, we're all different. We're all one. All is God. Everything is God. Everywhere, always, at once. There is only love. There is only love. Even if you don't believe it, oh, there's a lot of hate in the world. There's only love. Hate is, love just confused, shows up as hate. Love and fear shows up as hate. But it's still love. So those three, the first three, can be condensed really into one. We're all, we're all one. All is God. We're all one. All is God. Same thing. There's only love. All one. All God. All love. Same, same. Three can go into one. Call it which of those you like. And then the second one that is all important, that exists whether you realize it or not, is that you are a creator. You create through the power of your focus. Whatever your beliefs are, that's where your focus is. That's what you're going to get. Don't like your experience? Change your beliefs. Beliefs don't matter in the sense of are they right or wrong. That's what I was trying to get at earlier. Beliefs are beliefs. They give you a stage. Now go play out your life. Does it work? Don't like it? Change your beliefs. But you can't change your truths. And I'm not trying to say there's a whole bunch of truths. There are two. There's only God and you are it. You, there's only God and your focus creates the world that you experience. There's only God and thoughts become things. Or there's only love or we're all one. Whatever you want. This, when believed in, creates less resistance. And when believed in, all of a sudden life gets easier. And when believed in, you realize it's all a setup for your greatness. And when believed in, positive thoughts, thoughts in alignment with these simple truths, that there's only love, that we're all in this together, that when one goes down, we all go down, that cooperation is the key. If we're only one, do you see how we can have these tangents, if you will, that are very benign and that give us a direction to move in? Um, when you think thoughts in alignment with love and divinity and the eternal nature of reality, being it's all God, and those thoughts will become the things and events of your life lightning fast and attract more similar thoughts to you and life gets easier and easier. So how do you move from knowing to believing? It doesn't, it almost doesn't matter. Um, but how do you align yourself with truth? You bring these to the fore of your thinking with all of your decisions so that they attract more thoughts along the li lines of truth and you start living in a world of grace and ease. And so I forgot to give you your challenge the last couple of days. Um, twofold. Respect everyone's beliefs. Okay, they're entitled to them. And their beliefs are probably as wrong as your beliefs. But when we shift to truths, the floodgates open. And the truths are benign, simple, can be whittled down to two. We're all in this together. And we get what we think about. Okay, and if you can... Bring your thoughts, your faith, your knowingness, your beliefs to be supported by we're all in this together and we're all divine creators. Then anything, got multiple people in this office space trying to print documents. 
then all of a sudden the floodgates open. So wherever you're looking to create change, whether it's longevity or more abundance, think not of beliefs and how do I get there and how do I know it? Think of truth and let your thoughts about aging or romance or abundance be tied to the fact that you're a creator. Be tied to the fact that we're all in this together. Be tied to the fact that cooperation is essential if we're all one. Bring your desires to the light of truth. These two prongs, okay? We're all one and we are all creators. And individually, you are the creator of the happiness and the manifestations of your life. Could not be easier. Forget the faith. Forget the knowing. I remember Richard Bach uh, and Jonathan Livingston Siegel brilliant book. You got to read it. Jonathan Livingston Siegel by Richard Bach. The wise elder Siegel was teaching Jonathan how to fly at the speed of thought. And and he said, Jonathan, forget faith. You don't need faith. You need to understand. Understand the truth. The truth is so benign. We're in this together. You are a creator. If you can think it, you can do it, you can be it, you can have it. And the truth combined with your desires will align you with the manifestations that will fill your heart with joy, that will bring thy kingdom come. Jumbo fellow adventurers, thoughts become things. I'm Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up, picking up where I left off yesterday after a very convoluted answer where we dove into believing and knowing. Oh my gosh. Um, let me make a few things extra clear, better than I did yesterday. As I did share and still stand by, believing and knowing, I know what we're trying to do when we make a distinction between believing and then actually knowing being one step further. Some might think believing is one step is further. I got them mixed up yesterday, but in hindsight, They're the same thing. Knowing and believing are the same thing. Neither one of them is truth. Truth is different. And the ultimate truth is that your thoughts become things. Yet, it is our beliefs, or call it, it is our knowings, that create a matrix through which we are allowed to think certain thoughts or we get shut down. We don't see ourselves as worthy. We don't think other people like us. We're not good at math. We can't lose weight. We can't run fast enough. On and on. Whether you know it or you believe it, you are creating a matrix. Knowing, believing, same, same. A matrix through with life's ultimate truth can operate or not operate. Now, your thoughts are going to become things no matter what, as long as you think them. So what I want to do is kind of circle back right now to a segment of the original question that I was answering yesterday. What can we do to help move the needle, and let me change the phraseology here, from intellectualizing a concept to experiencing it? I mean, I said I'm doing this with with my knowledge, how can I feel like, this is me talking to me, there's always a conversation happening, how can I know my thoughts become things, that I'm a being of light, that I'm of God, by God, pure God, that I'm an eternal gladiator of love and joy, how can I know that, yet wake up at two o'clock in the morning, can't sleep because there's some argument in my head, 
um, feeling anxiety from time to time. Um, I'm actually continuing to age a little bit. How, how can that be when I know, I know, I know, I am of God, by God, pure God. And you must be thinking the same thing in certain areas. You know, you are this divine, illuminated being pushed on to greatness and and you got a bill collector calling you. Don't they know who you really are? Or or you, you've gained five pounds since last Saturday. It's like, what the heck is going on? How? Isn't, isn't this like the crux of the crux? How can we believe harder? If I could put it in base, um, abstract language, the way we feel from our heart. How can I get from here to there when I know I'm all that and you are all that? How do we move the needle? Believing, knowing, that's not the question, okay? Um, and, and, well, this is it. It just boils down to the ultimate truth that is as immovable as the fact that you are of the divine. Your thoughts become things. How do you get yourself to think more of those thoughts? I can think I'm an etern eternal gladiator of love and joy, but if I'm in the human matrix of we're physical beings, spiritual beings having a human experience and we get old and we die. You know, if I'm still stuck in that matrix and I want to get out of that matrix, here are my seven steps. All right. And I'm going to go through them quickly. The first three I have shared many times with you before. The basic parameters about changing a belief. Changing a belief. Make a list of the beliefs you want to embrace. I'm an eternal being. That you want to experience, okay? Maybe you already know them. You're an eternal being. You're a spark of God. Your thoughts become things. Make a list. There's enough money for everyone. It grows on trees. Uh, everything's an illusion. I'm pushed on to greatness. I'll do more good in the world with money than without. If somebody wanted to enumerate beliefs that would support wealth and abundance, for example. Make a list of the beliefs that other people who are experiencing what you want to experience likely have. Make that list long, okay? You know, if it's abundance or they're an entrepreneur or they've lost weight or they have great relationships or whatever, they're illuminated, they're enlightened, they're uh, energetic, they're rejuvenated. What would somebody who is experiencing what you want to experience probably believe? Are these your beliefs or not? You don't have to know. Just make that dang list 20, 30, 50, 100 points long and bring in spiritual ease. You know, I'm of God, by God, pure God. Uh, all things are possible. My thoughts become things. And then talk about the money, the weight loss, the relationships, the clarity, the illumination, the enlightenment, the self-realization. Make that list. What would they believe? Ain't no reason you can't believe it. And this is where we're going. Number two, study your list or lists. See their validity. You can just see, of course, this is true. And any other matrix that I've ever bought into is totally baloney. And dwell on the validity of these PowerPoints that you've enumerated. Number three, same three points I've shared several times before in the last two years. Start acting every single day as if these were your beliefs. Act like you're worthy. Act like you're a spark of God. Act like you only know the high road. Be filled with integrity. Take full responsibility. Claim everything. List the beliefs. See their validity by studying them. 
just by reviewing them and reviewing them and reading them to yourself and then demonstrate every day in some small way as if this was who you are, that wealthy person, that skinny person, that enlightened self-realized person. Okay, I got four more for you today. Number four, seek, read, search, Google for other people, articles, insights, people who have trailblazed, uh, success stories of how somebody else has beat cancer or accumulated wealth and abundance from absolutely nowhere. Seek, seek, seek. Go out there. Just the act of looking for more evidence presupposes it exists. And even if you don't find it, you're going to be further along. If you want to be enlightened, who else has been enlightened? Don't think there's other people who haven't been enlightened. This is my quest right now, self-realization. And I can't believe the books I'm finding on people who are telling these amazing stories. And you know when you're reading truth when you, versus reading uh, wishful thinking. And you know it starts resonating and you start feeling it. And you're like, this stuff has been here all along. Go meet those people. Reach out to them. Give them a talk on, on the telephone or send them an email. I mean, you may break through. You may find them. You may not. And it's not just about um, self-realization. You know, whatever your dream vision for yourself is, reach out to the people who are doing it. Ask for a leg up. Ask for some tips. Ask Offer to buy them a beer. I did this to get my speaking career launched 20 years ago, and it took me in a totally different direction, selling my audio program on the internet that later became a New York Times bestseller. You set it in motion by researching, reaching out, finding out who's doing this, asking for help. You're going to be immersed in this new pool, this new matrix where, hey, this is an everyday kind of thing. People are living longer. People are losing weight. People are making fortunes holy and this becomes your new mindset in addition to the first three steps so you're perpetually seeking and researching success stories other people and you're giving them every benefit of the doubt and you go for one to the x to the next until you've got at least in your mind a community of achievers they've done it you can do it anything one person has done all can do Number five, this is baby cakes, craft affirmations. Everything I touch turns to gold. Every day in every way, I get better and better. Uh, my body knows to ha how to, to heal itself and it's doing so right now. My atrial fibrillation um, knows how to heal itself. My psyche knows how to heal itself. My anxiety knows how to heal itself. Everything knows how to fix itself. Abundance knows how to find me. Create these affirmations. Louise Hay is a great place to start learning how to create affirmations, you just make them up. You just say stuff that's empowering as if it was already true. Okay? You speak in terms of gratitude. I give thanks for the wealth and abundance that is now mine. Even if it hasn't shown up yet, give thanks in advance. That's so powerful. You just make statements again and again and again like a mantra. Everything, I am the eyes and the ears of God Almighty. Come alive in the dream of life. I am the eyes and ears of God Almighty come alive. And I mean, that's going to support whatever transformation you want. My thoughts become things. My words give you wings. There's nothing I can't do. It doesn't even have to rhyme. Just go, dwell, eat, sleep, breathe, pulse. That new stuff in the direction of the transformation that is only possible by the new matrix created by the beliefs that you're installing. 
You got this. And I've got more for you. Creative visualization is point number six. Creative visualization. Close your mind. If you're capable of seeing images, some aren't, I'll give you a workaround. And imagine you're six months into the future and it's all done. You're already there. It worked out so great. You, you feel those gentle, happy tears rolling down your face. Oh my God, you've lost the weight. You've created the money. You've got a foothold. You found the partner. You're on an airplane. It's all working out. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, universe. Thank you, whatever you want to thank. Thank yourself. Um, visualize a few minutes every day. Just a few minutes. Not 30 minutes. Not five minutes. Two or three minutes. Take the weekends off. And number seven, this is one of my new favorites. Remember, you're being helped in realms unknown. You're not alone. There's you, your higher self. There's friends. There's the archangels. There's, uh, there's the guides. There's uh, the ETs. I mean, there's like, but, but mostly there's you. You are so much more than you realize. You are this enormous, everywhere, always at once essence that's here for the joy of it. And just you, the mortal you, or what you call the mortal you, that's the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more to you. So in the little mortal you, at the tip of the iceberg, above the sea level, says, hmm, I'd like to go to warmer water. You set into motion energy unimaginable and your entire being beneath the service is working on this too and yes you at the top have to hold that vision and yes you at the top need to get into alignment with believing but for every little tiny half-hearted feeble self-doubting step you take big wheels start turning in the unseen and as long as you stay in motion Oh my gosh, I've seen this when I dealt with my fear of flying. I've seen it when I was looking for truth, trying to figure out the nature of reality, uh, when I was looking to create wealth when I had none, uh, creative ideas for my business or for writing a note from the universe or writing one of my books or other things that I do. I start out feeling so helpless and lost, but I stay with it. And because I stay with it, doing all these other six things that I just shared with you, it's like... I start to realize there's more than just the me that I know working on this. Stuff is delivered. Insights are made. Uh, suddenly, I'm not afraid to fly anymore. Suddenly, I'm living in wealth and abundance. Suddenly, I've created a new hook or an angle for a marketing or book or uh, product. And it's like, this is so fun. This is so cool. Where did that stuff come from? So you might feel like you're lost. You might feel like you're fighting against the entire world. You're dealing with a death sentence that a doctor gave you because of some disease or cancer or whatever. You're not alone. You're this intergalactic being for whom all things are possible. And if you can get there in your mind and you can play and work it from different angles and you can see other people have done it and you can remember in your own life when you have beaten the odds, when you came through when no one thought you could, when you didn't even think you could, when you didn't even believe in yourself, yet you kept at it and somehow there was transformation. It takes so little truly on our side of the illusions to create a change that creates uh, a chain of events on the other side that shows up in a day or a week or six months later. 
You are so close to whatever your heart desires. You are God come alive in the dream of life. And do you think God might be able to have a quick turn of events? Do you think God might be able to get lucky every now and then? Do you think God might be able to turn a diagnosis into a celebration? Of course! Expect the unexpected and you can believe whatever you want to believe. Look at all the people who are believing it right now. So get into that mindset. Even if you're the trailblazer, even if you're the first one, all things are possible as we use our thoughts to coalesce the energy that will turn into the circumstances and best friends of the rest of our life. That's what's going on right here. Our thoughts shape energy, slow it down into matter. Ain't no thing, it's a holographic world. It's like a nighttime dream. You totally got this. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, thoughts become things. Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up and boy, we're on a roll. Talking about knowing, talking about believing, truth. I wanna bring something else into the fold, answering a specific question. Mike, what do you suggest for someone who truly wants to believe, know, in bigger and better things, but can't seem to shake the doubt? Every journey begins with doubt, particularly during these primitive times that we chose to be alive where we're using only our physical senses. You can't see what you want. So of course we tend to doubt that it's there, but there is something that happens when there's wonder and action. Action in spite of the doubt. Action in the face of fear. Feel the fear and do it anyway. It ain't no thing. Then you unleash magic miracles your higher self into the equation. This is the power of intention. What is intention? It's this incredible quality that suddenly clicks when there is not only a vision but a sense of, I'm going there. And the greater the sense of, I'm going there, you eventually start going. And I, I once heard this from somebody 40 years ago. When you're prepared to do anything, this is when the floodgates open and you will not have to do anything. When you're prepared to do anything, the floodgates open. So prepare and actually show up. You're not gonna have to go do all those things. I've got a quote from Goethe that I want to share with you. I, you have undoubtedly heard this before, but boy, does this capture the magic that is at your disposal right now when you want to move into big things, whether there's doubt or fear. The moment one definitively commits oneself, intention, then providence moves too. Providence is a word we don't usually use, is it? Providence. That means like destiny. That means like fate. You write your fate. You create your destiny through your focus. And when your focus is augmented and congruent with your behavior, even if your behavior is just feeble little baby steps shrouded in doubt down dusty dirt paths, oh my gosh, providence moves. Let me continue. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never have otherwise occurred. Now, I'm dissecting this. You've seen this in your own life. You've seen this going from 
have not to have, from confusion to clarity. You don't even know how or when that little missing element was introduced. And you don't even know what that missing element was, but because you moved with a vision, with wonder, towards losing weight, towards gaining a friend, towards making a buck, towards finding your groove, because you moved, all the elements start moving and you see none of that. You see everything looks like yesterday. Everything was, keep moving. You take one step, the universe takes 10,000. You stop, she stops. There's no progress unless you progress, unless you move. And when you move, it seems like this baby step, but so much more is happening. Let me continue. Unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance, which no man or woman could have dreamed would have come his way comes your way. Now, let me read it without all of my interruptions. The moment one definitively commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never have otherwise occurred. Unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance, which no man could have dreamed would have come his way. That's Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, otherwise spelled as Goeth, G-O-E-T-H-E. Goethe is the proper German pronunciation, I hope. So this is, this is what Jesus was saying. I don't do this stuff. I don't do it. My Father in heaven does it. If you think you got to do it, the weight of the world is on your shoulders. You're not alone. And moreover, you are so much more, as I was saying yesterday, than what you know yourself to be. If you, the tip of the iceberg, kind of periscopes around and locks sights on, oh, that would be a nice destination. Oh, wouldn't this be a good dream come true? Oh, and that as an end result, that's got my name all over it. Oh my gosh, but there's expanses of distance and space and sea and turbulence in front of me. And I'm not educated enough. And I don't think I believe in myself. And I think money's the root of all evil. If you still act on that vision, suddenly there's intention. You have made your mark, your inner witness, the divine in heaven sees that you're moving and all sorts of energies, possibilities, probabilities. Eight billion people know what you're up to. You think it's all a secret. We think our lives are in secret. We think everyone knows what you're thinking. Everyone knows what you're doing. Everyone loves you anyway. They've got their own skeletons. Forget all that stuff. You move and everyone is tapped on the shoulder. Mike's moving. Janet's moving. Lori's moving. And those that are in alignment with your vision, your dream, and your innate inclination to be good and to prosper, this is your default setting. They move too because their dream's not going to come true until your dream comes true. And your dream's not going to come true without their dream. Hence the need for cooperation. Uh, a glad heart, a good spirit. Dance through the affairs of your life and be utterly astounded. A silly little example came to me thinking about presenting this today. When you catch the common cold or a big cold or the big C or COVID or whatever, there's a lot of big C's now. You have no idea what brought it to you. You might believe in, know about contagions, uh, but always underlying any physical ailment, 
There are crossed wires of confusion and you out of alignment with truth. That's the real reason. And once you're out of alignment with truth, well, then you might use somebody's germs or something else to get sick. But if you're in alignment with truth, hey, you're not getting COVID or cancer or these other things. How many people exposed to COVID have not gotten COVID? Like innumerable, again and again and again. This is documented. Why? The scientists want to know. Because otherwise they are in alignment with truth with regard to what's happening in their life right now. That doesn't mean there's no challenges, no pain, but they're not susceptible to what's going on in the outside world. When you do get something like this, so you intend to get better. You might get a, a shot, some antibiotics. You might rest. You might drink more fluids. Your intention alone unleashes forces to align what was misaligned to bring you together truths so that in a day, a week, or six months, or after chemotherapy, chemotherapy or whatever your beliefs require, you are well. And you never really realized what was out of line or what the confusion was 99.9% .9 of the time. You don't have to know what you're missing right now for financial abundance. You don't have to know what you're missing right now for better personal relationships. You don't have to know what you're missing right now to find your groove and get it on and live like you have never. You don't have to connect every dot, cross every T. You just need to have intention, a vision of the end result like we talked about yesterday, and a willingness to do anything. Although only you, you're only going to do one baby step at a time. You're not going to have to do everything, but you do have to show up and do something. And you unleash the magic. And then the things you needed that you didn't even know you needed are brought to you. The things that will complete the picture will be brought to you. Clarity, epiphanies, whatever you need to have the traction you want to reach that destination with the full iceberg is brought to you. It's the point seven I made yesterday was one where as you move towards the needle getting you from wistful thinking to experience some might phrase it from believing to knowing to experience that journey by necessity draws from the unseen friends power clarity new circumstances happy coincidences serendipities accidents that will align one of my favorite life lessons, and then we'll wrap this up, is when I'm taking action in the dark, confused, self-doubt, no clarity, fear everywhere, facing what I don't want, but dreaming of what I do want, I have found that by showing up and knocking on sucky doors that I didn't even want to knock on, but you got to do something. You can't just wait for Oprah to call, right? I have found that sometimes those sucky doors I didn't want to knock on did not even open. But because I knocked on them, providence was moving and another door flew open that I didn't even know existed, much less knock on, that never would have opened had I not knocked on this one door that I didn't want to knock on that never did open. I, it's the most crazy, wild, wonderful world that we live in with intention, vision combined with a, a focused movement, if you will in the vague general direction of your dreams, shrouded with self-doubt, you tap in to life's magic, to your father, to your mother, to powers in the unseen. And it's the person who keeps on showing up for whom more doors open and then it gets easier and then they expect doors to open and then there's this upward spiral. They're not the sharpest tool in the shed.
No, they're not. They're not the goody two-shoes. They're not the most spiritual person. They're the person with the audacity to keep showing up when everybody else said, oh, what are the odds? What are the chances? I'm totally riddled with self-doubt. It must be my mom's fault. It must be my dad's fault. It must be what happened when I was 12 years old. It was none of those things. You just keep showing up and you cannot, cannot be stopped. And you don't need to understand the logistics that bring it about. Intention is more valuable than knowing or believing. In fact, with intention, you'll start knowing and you'll start believing because your inner witness sees that you're under sale and you're making it happen. Prepare all systems for change. This is not the same old Samuel. This is not the Mike Dooley of yesterday. This is Mike Dooley Almighty. And it will be you, Almighty, with a vision and intention coupled with or defined by or evidenced by your action, your baby step, even if it was a door you didn't want to knock on, but it otherwise was the best of your options at the time. Okay, I'm not asking anybody to do stuff that goes against their grain, morality, legality, etc. That's so unnecessary. The deck is stacked in your favor. You just need to kind of show up and claim yours. Even in doubt, thy will shall be done. Well, there you have it. One more week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just saw or heard, please share with a friend, uh, thumbs up, like, follow, whatever may be the case on the platform you're now experiencing this. If you want more inspiration every single day, I send out a note from the universe. Right now, it's going out to a million people. We'd love to add you to that list. Enjoy. Thoughts become things. See you next time.